Okay, so uh, a big part, you know, of Hashem uh, Afedas, keeping the Torah, wasn't the reward of Adam Azeh. If you look, when Hashem Afedas was Torah, so then the, so to speak, the offer Hashem made to us is all spiritual. We'll be an Amskuda, we'll be a Goy Kaddish, from Neches Koenim. These are all different levels of what we're going to gain spiritually uh, by keeping the Torah. It's true that the many times the Torah talks, mm-hmm. talks about physical reward for keeping mitzvahs, but that's a, a second point, which we get as well. If we keep the Torah, the primary reward for keeping the Torah is the spiritual reward. And that's how when Hashem made the initial offer to us to keep the Torah, He didn't say keep the Torah so that you'll have rain and that you'll have food to eat. The ikka point of keeping the Torah is for the Amskoda, whatever level of Ruchni reward there's going to be, and you understand, a Goy Kaddish can be in this world, and Amskuda, treasure, is referring to Adam Abba. And this is important because the Rishonim all discuss it at length. Why the Torah, so to speak, when it always offers us the reward for mitzvahs, offers us uh, food, and offers us success in uh, our farming endeavors, and our animals should, uh, shouldn't carry, and the crops should be rich. Why, why is it the reward? And Al Kedekach, Really, the question was asked because it came from the Christians. And the Christians, in the, the, in the debates with the Rishonim, always said that by us we offer spiritual reward, and by you, the Torah only offers physical reward. And all the Rishonim answered the question, which they've gone to us many times, that there's four different approaches in the Rishonim to explain why the Torah offers physical reward for keeping the mitzvahs, and doesn't always go to the spiritual reward. But the most important point is, it's not that the Torah didn't talk about spiritual reward, it did. It did. In the original offer, Hashem said, if you're going to keep the mitzvahs, then you're going to get rewarded spiritually. So the Torah didn't forget about that point. Why the Torah, in all the other times, talks about the physical reward, so that, like I said, the number of answers, the simple answer is the answer that the Kazari gives, the answer of Abir Alevi, and, and this was the rebuttal to the Christians who asked the question, and that is, he said, you're only offering spiritual reward because it's something that no one can ever prove if it happened or didn't happen. And they were to say all reward is going to happen only in the afterlife, when no one's going to know if it did or didn't happen, so you're on safe ground. No one can ever prove you wrong. Whereas if you're going to promise something in this world and it doesn't happen, so everyone will see that you're, you're a group of lies. And this is therefore the Torah is willing to take that risk, so to speak, and then the Torah is meant to go willing to take the statement and say that if you keep the Torah, then you're not going to get harmed and there's going to be rainfall, you're not going to get sick, because HaKadosh Baruch can deliver in this world too. And therefore, if you want a clearer proof that uh, keeping the Torah, uh, so to speak, brings results, Adarabah, Hashem Dafkut said you're going to see things in this world which, which bear this out, and that way you'll have no suffix about the, re- the reward and punishment of the Torah. Whereas, just to promise what's going to happen to people after they die, no one will ever know if it didn't happen, uh, there's no way to, to, so to speak, to ever verify if it's, actually, if it's actually true or not. But that's just one out of many answers. So let's go back to the point we began with, and that is that the Torah offers, or the Torah discusses that the real reward for mitzvahs is a spiritual reward, and that's what it says in Torah Shabbat but this is made more clear in the Gemara, that the Gemara has a statement a number of times, that there isn't a reward for mitzvahs in this world. There's no reward for mitzvahs in this world, and therefore the real reward for mitzvahs is only in a spiritual sense. And why is it like that? So the way that the Mephoshim explain it, one of the most clear is the Chafetz Chaim, the number of Yisrael, but that's not just him, it's his side. And then it's not that Hashem doesn't want to reward mitzvahs in this world, 
but he can't because this world doesn't have the currency to pay back a mitzvah. This world doesn't have the currency to pay back a mitzvah because the mitzvah, by definition, is something which has causes a spiritual effect, and that's something which this world doesn't have the currency to pay. Paying back a physical with with physical reward for something which has a spiritual effect, it doesn't. One doesn't match the other one. Okay. Because it's incongruous, or just because it's, it's so much greater. It's not enough. It's not enough. And there's the famous story which they say about the Chavetz Chaim himself. The story needs explanation. I agree. It's not an obvious question yet. I want to, I want to get there. And the story goes that there was after the First World War, when the, all the yeshivas had suffered tremendously from the upheavals of battle, and uh, in the post-war when they're trying to reestablish themselves, there was no food to eat. And uh, so the yeshivas gathered to discuss what to do. And uh, the Chafetz Chaim is a yeshiva of Radin was there as well. And one of the yeshivas suggested that he said, I've, I used wedding as a schos that all the yeshivas of Europe should have food for, for, for a week, he said. He's willing to give up the mitzvah or the schar of one mitzvah's tefillin. He put on so that for a week's food for all of the nation. And Chavetz Chaim jumped up and he said, don't do that. He said, why would you want to undercut your, what you're going to get for the midst of Tefillin? Okay, that's all you want for it, that you're going to get food for people here in this world? It's not worth it for you. Now, we need to explain it, because the obvious question is, well, he's going to get the schar of everybody learning because of that. Back. So we'll talk about that soon. But the first point is, is that, that the value of a mitzvah is such that asking for repayments in this world is really, it's, it's being paid out to pittance for what a mitzvah is really worth. Okay, and that's why there isn't real schar for mitzvah in this world, because something which, what a mitzvah achieves, which is something which is uh, a result, a netzach netzachim, needs a schar, which also translates into concepts of netzach netzachim. Whereas to achieve something which is going to last forever, and be paid back as something which is very, very, very transient, very, very temporary, it's not the currency which matches what a person did. And that's the case. The khaira, we have two questions. The first question is, so if, if that's what applies to a mitzvah, why isn't the pattern of error too? Why is the pattern of error too? If a person does something wrong and he's caused a ruchni damage or destruction, there should also be something which lasts in Etzach Metzachim. And if you know that, we know that there is punishment in this world. That we know from the Pesukim, that we know from Chazal, that Hashem does punish of errors in this world. And the question is why? All right, the same as far as it should apply. It shouldn't, this world shouldn't have the means to be able to pay back something which is, uh, the result is in Etzach That's the first question. And the second question, which is more commonly asked, and that is that the Pasuk says before the Torah that Hashem is Mishalem the Soyna of Alpan of the which means Hashem does pay back the Shoyim in this world. He pays them back in this world to the Avida to destroy them in the world to come, and it's a mission Kedoshim that says that a person will be a Russia and he looks like he's enjoying this world tremendously, he's getting every Hatzlachal that could be. And you understand, it's They're getting paid back for whatever they did right in this world, so they'll get destroyed in the next world. So here we can ask the question, how's that fair? How's that fair? If mitzvahs can't be paid back in this world, so here the few mitzvahs this person has, you're taking advantage of him by paying him back in this world, because uh, really, it's not the fair, it's not the fair uh, trade for the mitzvahs he's done. So, he had some heat madna and then might not appreciate it. But when he gets to Elam Haba, he will, and he'll have a good time. He took advantage of me. 
something which I could have gotten a much bigger reward in Adam You paid me out, so a pittance in Adam Azir. Why is that fair? Okay. That's the question. So, on this question, we'll start with that. You're going to get three answers. First answer is the Chayos Al-Vavis. He asks the question. And the Chayos Al-Vavis says something which Ba'atim answers the question, but is also Ba'atim a very big Muslim for all of us. And the Chayos Al-Vavis says like this. He says, every mitzvah is made up of two parts. The one is the action that a person does to do the mitzvah. You have to hear the shofar, you have to eat the matzah, you have to sit in the soccer, put on the talis, whatever it's going to be. The action which is involved in the mitzvah. And the second part is the intention the person had that I'm doing mitzvah Hashem. The intention the person had that I'm doing mitzvah Hashem. And therefore, a mitzvah is a combination of the body of the neshama. And that's my intention to do a mitzvah and then my body to carry it out. And says the Chavos therefore, when a person utilizes both in doing the mitzvah, then Ba'atim it causes the spiritual effect of the mitzvah and a person gets rewarded in Adam Abba. But, if a person only did a mitzvah with his body without using his intention, without using his mind or his neshama, so then it remains a physical act, it never leaves the realm of the physical, and therefore it's going to get rewarded in this world too. Which means, the Chayos wasn't talking about a Russia. He's talking about every one of us. Those mitzvahs we did without thinking, those mitzvahs we did without intention, Ba'atim never got to the Adam Ayyan. They remain physical things and they get payback in this world. And therefore, the implication is, it could be that even for those of us who don't consider ourselves to be Rishon, we want to be payback in this world. But it could be we are going to get payback in this world for the other things we do because we never did them in a way where it got to a spiritual level. We did them in a physical way only. And a mitzvah which is only done in the physical level only gets a physical reward. And what the Gemara means, that there's no reward for mitzvahs in this world, that's a proper mitzvah. That's a mitzvah a person did with the right intention also, with the right machshava, the intention to where Hashem wanted. Then it's something which is special. Then it's something which goes up to Shema. But a mitzvah is just, I went through the act. Without thinking, without interest, without half asleep, whatever the case might be. Okay, an act is an act. It gets paid back, a physical action gets paid back in the physical world. Now, if that's the case, then he answers the Rishayim too. Because the mitzvahs that a Rasha does weren't out of like flashes of inspiration that he really tried to be exciting. That's uh, whatever the case might be. He, he happened to do a few things right. Well, what definitely wasn't with the intention to please Hashem and to do a mitzvah. And therefore, he says, the Rosh's mitzvahs never really get anywhere. And therefore, they have to pay back in this world. It's not taking advantage of him. That's, uh, that's, that's as much as the mitzvah was able to achieve. And therefore, like I said, it answers the Rishon, but it's also a big muscle for us because then we have to start taking the cheshbon of our mitzvahs. How many of our mitzvahs are only in the gather of mitzvahs which affect this world and never get to Shemayim because... They were only done without, with our bodies, with no intention, with no understanding. And, uh, okay, we might, we'll get reward for them here, but we should use that to them in Adam Abba. What's the exchange rate? Like, how does that work out? And then what's the exchange rate? It's a physical, it's a, it's a physical reward. So that's the case. Well, it's not that actually can't reward physically. So you give a few pennies to Sadaq, you give back a few pennies? Like, I'm saying, yeah, how does it's the same amount, whether it's double, whether it's ten times. It doesn't make a difference. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's, it's a ratio of physical for physical. The, the, the problem is that before, why you can't pay back mitzvahs in this world is because there isn't a ratio of spiritual to physical. So however much Hashem decides to pay back what a person does, it's, it's a physical to physical thing. That's the first answer. The second answer, which is also brought down in the Simon Nachronim, but it's also a well-known answer, and then again, it's something for us to think about, and that is, and they say this in the Mishnah, of Antigonus Pesachet being a Pekavis, 
Which says, Al-Tiyuk HaVadim HaMisham Shemisarev HaMinas L'Kabel Press. Don't be like servants who are serving Hashem HaMinas L'Kabel Press. And Antigonus was mistaken by his own Talmudim to think that he meant was that don't expect a reward from mitzvahs. Don't do this in order to get a reward, and that's what they decided. There's no reward from mitzvahs. And that's what they went to for there. Like the Gemara says. But that's not what he meant. And like uh, some of the first should point out, a very, very nice deal. And that is, the Mishnah, the Mishnah says we never written in Lashna Kodesh. As opposed to the Gemara, which was, was written in Aramaic, the Mishnah is written in Hebrew. In Lashna Kodesh. And if that's the case, Antigna said the wrong thing. What he should have said is, the word for reward in Hebrew is schai. Pras is an Aramaic word. So why did he go to Aramaic? If the whole mission is written in national Kodesh, he said correctly, Atiyah Kavadim HaMishan Shusurav HaMinasla Kabul Schai, Elavu Kavadim HaMishan Shusurav Shalom HaMinasla Kabul Schai. That makes more sense. That's the right language. Whereas what the mission says is HaMinasla Kabul Pras. Pras is Aramaic word. What do you mean by that? So the question is a question. When I heard an answer from Ramesh Shapiro, is a friend of Rachel. What does press mean in Hebrew? Rachel means reward. The press is a meaning in Hebrew also. When the Gemara talks about Brachos, for example, a prusa samoisi, or a prusa, or it means a piece, it's nice. A piece is something that's called a person's poiris, it's a lechem, he slices the bread. A piece of something is called a, either a press or a prusa in Hebrew. And if that's the case, we have translated the mission is, don't be kavodim hamisham shmusarav amunas lakabel a prusa, a piece. In other words, that your intent, that what you want back for the mitzvah is only a little bit of what the mitzvah could really give you. And that's it. if that's the case, and what he didn't mean is there's no schar for mitzvahs, but he meant is don't expect back for your mitzvah a small part of what the mitzvah can give you. And what's a small part of what the mitzvah can give you? What a person can get for it here. And this... Based on this understanding, Rachelim said to the Sadim. And that is, they say that when we say that there's no schar for mitzvahs in this world, that means Hashem is not going to do that to a person because it's not fair for the person. The mitzvah is worth much more, and Hashem is not going to show charge him. But a person can ask for it. And if a person says, Hashem, I'm willing to accept that this is in return for my mitzvah, I want to cash in my mitzvahs for much less, you're being stupid. You're being stupid. You're giving up on your schar. But it's not, it's not something which is impossible. If a person decides that's what they want to do, then, okay, they shouldn't want to do it. And the Prophet Tzvani gives a famous marshal about this, about the son of a king, and uh, there's a little kid, and besides, he wants candy. Well, he doesn't have money. So what's he going to do? So he goes into his father's cabinet, pulls out a diamond, and goes to the streets to the candy store and says uh, to the candy store, can I have a bag of candy? I'll give you the diamond. So what's the candy store going to tell him? So what he should tell him is, okay, take it home and put it back where you found it. It's worth more than my whole store. If you bring me a few pennies, I'll give you candy. Okay, so you understand, the kid doesn't know that. So he doesn't realize that the value of the diamond he's holding is worth much more than however much candy he can possibly buy. But let's say the king himself arrived. And he was a diamond, and he said, I'm telling you, this, here's my diamond, give me candy. What's on him? Say, you, you know what you're doing. If you want to give me a diamond for candy, I'll give you a diamond for candy. I don't know what, what your cheshman is exactly, but I'll do it for you. It's the same thing over here. A person has a mitzvah has a diamond. So normally, we say, don't be stupid, don't trade in the diamond for candy. It's worth much more than that. 
But if the person is the balabais and he decides I want candy for my diamonds, look, you're not stopping it. But that's what you want. There's a way to get it. And therefore, even the Hashem wouldn't do that to a person. Mitzad the Yosha. Mitzad the Yosha. It's not fair. A person has a diamond, even if he doesn't realize it's a diamond, someone wouldn't take advantage of him and give him candy for it. But if the person says, I insist, I demand candy for my diamonds, okay, that's what you want, I'll give it to you. And therefore, it's possible for the person to ask for Sechari in this world and get it. It's possible for a person to ask for Sechari in this world and get it, but he's, he's ruining himself. He's, he's doing himself a damage. But if he wants it, it'll be given to him. And this is the first Shagamari. Shagamari tells a story of a certain time that was very poor. And uh, his wife decided, Adkan, we can't survive anymore. Hashem has to tell him, Hashem should give you something to help our financial situation. And the Gemara says that a leg of gold came down in Hashemai. What was the idea of a leg of gold? It was fine. So every, every, figuratively, every tzaddik in Lenin Abba sits at a golden table, which is four legs, and they wanted a leg of gold. So they throw in a leg of gold. So you go tell them you have three legs. What is the significance? Obviously, it's not real gold type of Lenin Abba. The idea was to show them that you ask me for something, you'll get it, but it's going to take away from your own mother. And then the uh, time said, I didn't want it, so Kila Hashem took it back again. But the, 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 the lesson was meant to be, it's not impossible to get schar here. We just realize that you're shortchanging yourself. And uh, now, so therefore, for most of us who understand the value and appreciate that about, we wouldn't do that to ourselves. Why ruin something which we know ourselves and we want much more and it's much more valuable to get something that's here, but the Russia, Part of the identity of the Russian is he doesn't appreciate Adam Abba. If he did, he wouldn't be such a Russian. And therefore, for the Russia, Adam he does want his hair in this world. He does this. He wants it. Hashem will give it to him. It's not Kedai, it's not advisable. But if you want it, you'll get it. And that brings us to a third point. And that is normally that's the case. Normally, it's not Kedai for a person to give up his hair to get rewarded in this world. He's losing half of it. And therefore Hashem will do it. But there's one time when it maybe is Kedai. There's one time that it is Kedai. This is something important to understand. This is something important to understand. And that is, the, we know that the Gemara says that in Rosh Hashanah, the Shosh is Farim Niftachim. The three books of Rosh Hashanah is the book of Tadikim and the book of Rosh And the Tadikim and Niftachim and Niftachim and Al-Tel Achayim. And the Rosh Hashanah and Niftachim and Niftachim and Al-Tel Achayim. And Tosis already asked the question as to all the Rishonim. And then it's, well, what does it mean in Nikhtam in the Mesa? The Rishonim who lived more than a year. And they were Rishonim last year too. So why weren't they die? Why weren't they killed? The number of answers. Well, the, the Rabbi Israel slant answered it. He says that it's 100% true. And Rosh Hashanah, Tzadik is Nikhtam the Chaim. And the Rosh is Nikhtam the Mesa. And what's the dinner Rosh Hashanah? Does this person deserve to live or does this person deserve to die? And Tzadik deserves to live and the Rosh deserves to die. And that's signed and sealed and finished in Rosh Hashanah. And now we come to Yom Kippur. And Yom Kippur, Hashem is deciding practically what am I going to do this year. If Rosh Hashanah is deciding what a person deserves, then how it's going to come out of the mice is decided on Yom Kippur. Just like any court case. They first decide if a person is guilty or innocent. And if after the side is guilty, then that's how we're going to do it. It's the second uh, discussion. It's how to sentence him. So if Rosh Hashanah is deciding what the person is, then Yom Kippur is deciding what to do with him. And it could be that sometimes Hashem will decide he he's doesn't deserve to live, he's going to die. And it could be that Hashem will decide, as is often the case, he doesn't deserve to live, but 
I'll translate some of his chosim into that. And therefore the difference is a person who deserves to live is living on Hashem's cheshmer. If he deserves to live, Hashem is giving him life. It's a gift. It says, if a person doesn't deserve to live, but even if Hashem decides I'm going to keep him alive, but you're going to pay for this. I'm, you, I'm, I'm trading in, so to speak, schusim to keep you alive. And uh, so it could be Rishon will live, but they're the ones paying the bill. They're the ones paying the bill. It's converting their schusim to give them that. Now, why is that could die for them? Why is it could die for them? It's very simple. It's very simple. Because if a person can use life to do more, so then it's Kedai. If the other option is that he's going to die and he doesn't deserve to live, or he can, Hashem will use some of his Chosim to give him life, and then he can use that life to get more Chosim, so he might lose that something, but in the long run he gains more. Really too. Yeah, whatever person did wrong with himself, Hashem decides he doesn't deserve to live. But alternatively, HaKadosh Baruch can take some of his Chosim, and then pay him back by giving him another year of life. Now, if he's going to use the year well, he's going to put in every day, he's going to dive into minyan, and he's going to learn and do chesed. So then he's getting more schosim. So yes, he lost a certain amount of schosim to be given to, 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 to which Hashem took to give him an extra year of life. But Lemaisa, it's, it's a good investment for him in his situation because he'll make more out of it. And if that's the case, in a case like that, it sometimes could die. It sometimes could die for a person to be willing to give up his schosim to live because life gives him opportunities to do more. Obviously, if the person is using his life well. Obviously, if the person is using his life well, so then I'm maximizing the, 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 what I was given to, get, to, to make up for this costume I've lost. Now, the best option is I was never in that category in the first place. The best option is I was always a tzaddik, and therefore Hashem is giving me life as a gift, so I'm never using up my own costume to live. But even in the Bidiyarevit sense, that a person doesn't have enough of his own costume to live, if he is intending to use his life well, it's good day for him. To be willing to give up some schosim to live because in life is, I can achieve more. And even though he says in the chapter, he says, um, which, which we say, everyone says, Mishover. So we go through different stages. Um, we say, We say, The first part is you're asking for the Chatchila. Remember this should be the Chayim. In other words, the federal decision, do we deserve to live or die, is a great Remember, so we should be in the category of people who, who, who deserve to live because you are many chafetz b'chayim. That's what Hashem ideally wants also, that people should deserve to live. And now what about the people who don't deserve to live? And therefore, the a wasn't l'chayim. Hashem looks back at their past year. They weren't so big tzaddikim that they deserve to live. So we said, but we still, because nevertheless, give us still a year of life, even if you don't deserve it, because the man chalikim chayim. Because we use it lemancha. If we use the, the life you're giving us well, then it's kadai for us. That's two or three. Those are two steps or three parts. Two steps. The first step is if we, as tzaddikim. Remember us as tzaddikim that we should deserve to live. And if not that, then at least because we say for because then if we use it lemancha, we also gain something. Okay, so that's the second reason why a person might get paid back in this world, and we show him do. And then they ask for it. It wasn't something Hashem does for them, but something they ask for. And it's an important point. And that is, even if a, that, while it's brought in Chazal, that even if a person is a tzaddik, they should be careful never to dab for things because I'm a tzaddik. Because that's tantamount to say, and therefore pay me back for being a tzaddik or giving me something here. Moshe Rabbein, when you dab into Hashem, Mara says, I'm asking for a gift. Oh, Moshe had tremendous chosim. 
the Moshe didn't want to bring this chosim into it because he wasn't asking to be paid back for them. And if I'm asking Hashem for something, not Hashem help me because I'm such a tzaddik. You want me to help you because you're a tzaddik means you want me to use your chosim to help you. No, Hashem asking help me only varosh. Help me like someone who has nothing, and I'm asking for it's like a beggar to give me something because if you're giving me because as a handout, if you give me a stucker, so then it's not taking away from my chosim. That's why that's, why, that's a better way to ask. That's the second reason. Isn't it also a for tzaddik sometimes to do that investment to ask for my own to do more schosim? Uh, yes, but it shouldn't need that because the tzaddik Hashem is going to give him anyway. As you can say, believe it, sir, a person can say, for I gave X amount of money to Tzedakah, this is a of giving a spot away to Tzedakah, I should have a tremendous <coughs> amount more money that I'll be able to give more money to Tzedakah. No, we don't do that. We don't use this chus. There's something else which we call Paris, which means that, uh, this is a different discussion. When you say, those mitzvahs, which we want something back in this world, it's like we still want the Karen Kayyam Sadam Abel. We don't want to lose our chus. Even if the parents get there now, we want get ten times as much because I'm giving ten times as much. I want that as Paris. I want that as Paris. I don't want that as the care. So I'm asking for Hashem to give me back more money as Paris, not as the care. And that's the difference. If I want to use my care, means I'm uprooting my tree. I don't have the tree anymore. I'm just picking the fruit. The tree stays the same. And therefore, mitzvahs which I want to, to be used for, to something back in this world, even if the intention is to do more mitzvahs with what I get back, there's all the mitzvahs which I forget, I'm asking for Paris of the mitzvah. But Paris are significantly more limited, no? Yeah, okay. But I ask for Paris, so it's still more than enough. And uh, not, not for the Karen. Now, how, Paris, how that concept works, what does it mean Hashem gives Paris of mitzvahs? This is, we can discuss next week, it's a different discussion. What, what, what does it mean? The schar is the schar. What's the second product, the byproduct of Paris? We can talk about it separately. But uh, as far as we're talking about now, the ikaschar, the person doesn't want to give up the ikaschar. That's, uh, that's their care. Unless it's for life, because then it's good. Okay. That's, uh, and that's what Gemara says also. The Gemara says the person shouldn't go to Makam Sakana, because if he goes to Makam Sakana, number one, he might be punished. And number two, if he's not punished, it's been knocking on Mishri Yosef. It's taking on his chosen. And for the same reason. And the person's in the case where the decision is he should die, and he wants to stay alive, and not, that's going to cost him. And if a person shouldn't do things to put himself in such a situation because it's going to cost him his custom. So all of this is together price, that's what you're saying. So being paid back in this world is a price, and normally it's not good day for a person to ask for that and not want it, unless it's just to live, in which case, if he's going to use life well, it's like the Chazal said, Mechal one Shabbat is to keep a lot of Shabbat's. So give up one Shabbat's to get a lot more, that's only a bit of it. The Chathil, you always want to be in a situation where you're not forced to give anything. Hashem is giving us, and therefore we, everything we every schus we have is to our advantage. Now there's a third category also. And the third category also, this is interesting. Chiddush, again brought by the Rishonim, and that is, we know that, that there's a concept of reward, of Rukhni reward, and therefore people do mitzvahs, even if it's going to be Paris in this world, but for But we know the people who don't get Olam The people who don't get Olam if a person is a kaifer, if a person is a moiser, if a person is an apikaris, so all the other categories of people that the Gemara says about them, that they ain't in kaifer And if a person now put himself in the category of ain't in kaifer so what's going to happen to his chosim? They say he's going to get paid back in Olam He doesn't have an entry permit to Olam He's not going to get there. And if that's the case, so then we have a problem. We have a problem because to say that, no, his mitzvahs are a currency which is going to be paid back in Olam only works for a person who's in the category of getting Olam Abba. 
But if a person is not in the category of getting Olam Abba, so then you can't say his mitzvahs are being kept in for Olam Abba. So now, in that case, HaKadosh Baruch Hu could take the attitude of a Swiss bank. And say, listen, the money is here in the bank, come pick it up. And if you never arrive because you couldn't get into the country, it's too bad, the money will just wait forever. But Hashem doesn't do that, that's not fair. In other words, to say that, well, mitzvahs get paid back in Olam Abba, and if you aren't getting into Olam Abba, so hey, it will be a dormant account. This chosen go nowhere. That's also not fair. That's also not fair. Because the person did the mitzvah. So now you're telling me, I'll never get rewarded for the mitzvah I did because you, I'm not, I, I'll never get to the oil of my body to get that mitzvah. And therefore, in cases like that, in cases like that, that it's, Hashem decided this person, for whatever reason, is not a bar he's not he's not getting a bar. So now we have to do something with his mitzvahs. Because just to say, well, you'll never get to see them again because too bad, you never got made it to oil that's also not fair. That's also not yasha. And therefore, being as it's in a situation where there's nothing else, there's no other option, so that, that, then Hashem will give him reward in this world because he may actually be Masa. If not here, when? There's no other option. And therefore, it's true, it's only a Masha, but it's, uh, that, that, that's all we can do for him. That's you know, all we can do for him, and therefore, the remaining spends the like that. The of someone who's considered a Sainah of Hashem, because of the Adam Abba, so Hashem will pay him back in this world because otherwise, it's less fair to do nothing and uh, never give him a reward for his mitzvahs than to at least give him what he can get from him in this world and if he's gotten something. Now, the Rabbi himself asks the question and he asks, when does Hashem decide that? When does Hashem decide if a person is a bar or not? It can't be after his dad. Why? Because at that stage, it's too, bad, too late to pay him back in this world. So then, what are you going to do? Now, now he arrives on the and he's like, too bad, sorry, you don't get and why don't I mitzvahs? Well, it's too bad, you're not alive anymore. That's not fair. And therefore, the Ramban says, Hashem has to decide in this world still if a person is, is a Baralam Abba or not. And based on that, Hashem is going to deal with him in this world a certain way. And therefore, if Hashem decides, well, a person is still alive, this is a person who's not going to get Adam Abba. So then, right now, the way Hashem is going to treat him is by paying him back his uh, mitzvahs here because that we came to him and he's not getting Adam Abba and he has to get paid back here. So that's a Cheshmer Rosh Hashanah. That's a Cheshmer and we're just quoting the Rabbi himself in Chagmul. It says, then what happens if a person does shiva later in life? So he says, fantastic. If a person does shiva later in life, and he becomes a Ben Abbas, and Hashem will immediately stop paying him back mitzvahs here. Now that he's able to go to Abbas, so it'll get moved to the Adam Abbas account. Oh, the mitzvahs already got paid back for? Says the Rabbi, it's too late. He got paid back, he got paid back. But, for every, but from now on, any mitzvah he does, if he's now considered a Ben Abbas, so now he, he, will, he, will, he will reopen his account of getting mitzvahs in Adam Abbas. That's the uh, first part I want to talk about. So, why is it on the one hand, Smiths don't get paid back in this world, but on the other hand, we do find such ideas as definitely by Russia? We saw three answers. Once again, the first is the Chavis Alvavis, who says because the, those, the, the mitzvahs who never get to Abba. The second uh, answer we brought from a number of Akhanim. And when the Chavis Chavis speaks that out the most clearly, and that is a person can ask. Yeah, Hashem wouldn't want to do that, but a person could ask uh, for, his, for his reward in this world. And if he's asked, he'll get it. It's not Kedai. And uh, the third one is uh, when the person isn't holding by getting Adam Abba, so then it's, it's more unfair to do nothing and never give him the word for his mitzvahs than, than to give him at least what he can get from him here. Now let's just talk about uh, briefly the other question we asked. And that is... So this Rabbi is going in this third shot? Yeah. He could in the second shot if he wants it. But it's uh, for sure the third shot. Now, let's just go the other way now. And we said if, if mitzvahs, which have a result which is forever, um, 
Ba'atim, the Kalisul doesn't have the currency to pay them back. The Nechari, when the person does not have it, he's created something negative in Ruchni too. And we do find that there is a Nishfavaris in this world. In fact, primarily, if Adarab, a, 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 a person should, should try to get an Nishfavaris in this world, he doesn't have to deal with an Nishlasid Lava. Why is that unbalanced? How can this world pay back an Nishfavaris? And it's also something spiritual. So, according to the Chavis Allah, it's the same thing. If a person wasn't trying to do that very as an Avera, people do things wrong with it, physically. Nice. But it wasn't the Hachis. He wasn't trying to be a Russian. Okay, you go think something got the better of him. He was too lazy. He was too whatever. Overcome by whatever type it might be. So it's a physical mice. It's a physical mice. You can put it back in the physical world. That's easy to explain. But on the other level, on the higher level, there's another Yisraelitim. That's an important point. And that is, even both mitzvahs and Averas have a spiritual effect, the difference is, is that the spiritual effect of mitzvahs are meant to last forever. The spiritual effect of Averas are not meant to last forever. Hashem doesn't want an everlasting Koyach of Ra in the world. The Koyach of Averas are physically spiritual. They exist, but they exist to be destroyed. They exist to, be ta- to eventually be taken away. There isn't meant to be a long-lasting Koyach of Ra, which is a Netzach Netzachim. And if that's the case, it's true. A person has to deal with the Ra that they created, but the point of dealing with it is to destroy it. And whether it's going to be through Yusurim, or it's going to be through Chava, or it's going to be through whatever else Hashem chooses to do, or more accurately, what the person chooses to do, to deal with what he did wrong, but the point was, this is only to be destroyed. This is here to, to, to take away. It's not meant to remain. And therefore, the fact that a person wants to, wants to take on himself whatever physical Yusurim is going to be, or Chava, or as a Kapara, whatever it's going to do to, do, to, to take, get rid of that barrier, that's not a steering. That's exactly what's meant to be. It's not meant to be a devil which is kind. It's meant to be something which gets destroyed. And if that's the case, the person can work in a physical sense in destroying it too. But how does it, but how does it equal up? How does it equal up? So then it depends on the water level of the very is what a person needs to do. Can I get it? What a person needs to do, can I get it? Um, the side here is the famous story of the family. And that is, it's a, you know, it's a well-known story, that uh, one time the Vilnagan gave a share on Gehinnim. And when he described how terrible Gehinnim is, so one of the, one of the people listening was his prized student, Rav Zalman Vodajna, and Chaim Vodajna's older brother, and uh, the, the, the fear of Gehinnim was so strong, he, he fainted. And afterwards he was, he was sick, he couldn't get out of bed. So the next day, when he was running out, Rav Zalman wasn't in shit. I told him, yesterday she finished him off, the Pashtun can't move. So I said, I'm afraid, I'll go back to Khaili. So on the very rare occasions when the Vilna left his own house, he went to where Zalmanda was to be back to the Khaili, and everybody was sure he was going to say that, no, so seriously, it's not so bad, whatever it was. So when he sat down next to Zalmanda's bed, so he said to him, he said, I want to tell you that everything I said yesterday about Khaili is 100% endless. You should know, it's all completely true. It's exactly what Khaili is now. He says, what I should have added is that you assume a person gets in this world and take away him. So it's not like a person's mukhrach to go there. A person can deal with it himself. You can go to your in this world and take him. How does he do that? Then Khal explains. And he says that something that a person accepts on himself is worth a thousand times what they give in Baal And therefore, a punishment which a person doesn't want, Hashem has to give them, is a thousand times worse then a person thinks, I deserve to be punished. Hashem, I'm going to do this because I deserve a punishment. Because the rotten to accept the punishment is either a big part of, or take on yourself, you're 
is Ke'ilu worth a thousand times more than if it was given by al And therefore, even though it's true, on the spiritual level, Ayonish is much, much worse, and nothing in this world compares to the ownership of, of Shemayin. But if a person is Makabal on Ayonish himself, so then that's, that's a different scale. Is that a smart idea? It's a smart idea as long as it's something which a person knows you can do. Like a fast. Like a fast, a person knows you can fast, or to, like Revilnagon says, to become himself not to talk. So that's your story which doesn't weaken a person, and uh, it's worth more than all the Tanefish of Ayonish. But it's your story that I'm a cow myself, and therefore it's worth, and the Gemara says this. The Gemara talks about Tamarai, and they've looked for Yusuri. We look out for Yusuri because they understood that the Yusuri which a person is, so to speak, willingly accepts, uh, I'm a chaper a thousand times the, the, how, how much worse the Yusuri would have to be if a person had to be given in Balkar. Where does Ramakal say this? Where does Ramakal say this? Which point? A thousand times. That's not a line from Ramakal. That's a line from from even before that on the Gemara of Matzim and talks about Rabbi Lazar Rabbi and the saying is Makabal Yisur means to ask him to come so then the Vashim said because uh, Yisur my presence Makabal Ma'atzmai is worth much much more than uh, the Yisur which are given to him by that's uh, that's the Maila of Yisur in this world and like I said that's not an unfair proportion because as opposed to a mitzvah which is something which is meant to be something which lasts forever and getting paid back in a temporary sense is in Bamakam getting paid back something which is forever Averis are also meant to be temporary in Shemayim the Gehenna from Averis isn't an Etzach and Tzach the Gehenna from Averis is limited too and Averis is meant to be limited and therefore something which the, the existence of the Averis is finite and the punishment is finite so then it's something which a person can get in this world as well on a lower level, obviously, but it's not as severe there. But it's something which has a has a time-based payback. Now there are various which the Gemara says about them that they go forever. But uh, different type of a very. Uh, a very is like that, and they're different kind of copper as well. That's true. But it's uh, most of various, which are in the category that the idea is I want to the, the, once I've done an avera, I'm meant to get rid of the avera. And therefore, part of the Halakirivan Avera is, is the Kapara, is the Yusur which I'll get for the Avera. That's something a person can do here too. And of course, it's not in the same scale as the orange is going to be in Shemayim, but the fact that the person is willing to do it and wants it, that's, that's a big part of how severe the orange is going to be. Not that I'm complaining, but isn't it therefore not fair that the Avera is less severe than the Mitzvah? Not fair for who? Think about what you're asking. Just for fairness in the world. But I'm just saying, just in the, in the sort of sense that Hashem's setting up the world. So you have a mitzvah, you do mitzvah, the sky is unlimited. You would have error, there is a limitation to it, or it's not as eternal as the mitzvah. Like, is that so who's not fair for? Who are you asking no, Just for? the way the world was set up. The world was set up that, uh, that in the end, uh, what's, the, the toiv is meant to be kind, and the ra is meant to be destroyed. And the ra doesn't just mean the satan. Every aver is part of the kerechara, which is meant to be destroyed. So yes, for the person who is challenged, there's Tzachar and Zaynish. But of course, it wasn't meant to be set up in a way where the both last forever. It was set up in a way that right now, the person is challenged by, the, by, by both sides. So it's but not really, uh, theoretically, it's not really a 50-50 sort of Bechira, right? The Bechira is 50-50. The result isn't 50-50. Okay. Because the result isn't an option that maybe the, the world will always be bad. The result Hashem has planned is temporary and eventually it's going to come back to Torah. I want something which is already temporary and can come back to type. So then the various that a person creates also have to eventually get destroyed. So the result is going to be less calm. That's true.
I'm talking about Gehenna. Like I said, they are, it's a very small category of people who are in Gehenna forever. That most people, the Gehenna is temporary because the idea of Avera is even though a person has created something spiritual which is negative, but it's temporary. It has to get destroyed. And then once it's destroyed, it's no longer there. So if that's the case, it's something temporary, then temporary things can be put back in this world too. Um, that's not all there is to talk on the topic. Chuva is a much bigger topic and there are many, there are many other facets to Chuva also about how a person can deal with the various. But just on the principle we spoke about today of lining up the effect of a mitzvah which can't be put back in this world and the various which can, that's what we try to explain. Oh, so now what is the story of the beginning of the time? So even though we said ourselves, it's Kedai, sometimes to give up a schayah for, for life so I can do more mitzvahs, so what is wrong with this Rosh Hashiva's idea? And he says, I'll give up a mitzvah of his, so that way there'll be a schuz that other people get more mitzvahs. And the answer there is, it's a yisoid, which is in lots of times, and that is that to, to, to give up something for Hashem's way of running the world is not a good idea to do. It's never good idea to do. In other words, it wouldn't be that, if, let's say, the, the, the Bnei Yeshiva, and if you don't, you give up your schar, so then they're all going, no one's going to eat, so all the yeshivas are going to close down. If that's the case, then maybe it's a good cheshma. But if that's the case, our Kaddish Baruch will take care of it. So then Ba'atim, Hashem is going to look after them somehow. So that's the case. So what am I gaining by giving up a schar for it? In other words, if it's a shadow of a person himself, and the question is, are you going to live or die? And Hashem knows the cheshma. And let's even tell it to you. And you'd say, Rav Yankel, you're going to die. And Rav Yankel would say, Hashem, if that's the case, take away a mitzvah and give me life. Hashem says, okay, granted, life. I said, well, great, I'm going to use this life well. It's a good thing to do. But if let's say it's a shayla of, you don't know what the result's going to be. So was there a real tzad, Hashem said, okay, this will be closing down all the yeshivas. And Yankel comes along and says, Hashem, don't close down the yeshivas, give, I'll give you a mitzvah. Maybe if you knew that, there would be a cheshman. But it's not going to happen. If HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants there to be people learning Torah, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to make a plan for it. So bad him, you weren't the one who saved the matzah. It was going to happen anyway. So why give up a mitzvah for it? How would you ever know? Like, how would you ever know without the, the body coming to Chizkiyo? So like I said, for yourself, for your life, it's something which is a dinner of a And for me, it's good. But if you're talking about saving Klai Yisrael, Hashem has a plan for Klai Yisrael either way around. And if that's the case, to say, well, I'm going to be the hero to, you know, to give a mass for Klai Yisrael, it's not like without you it wasn't going to happen. So if that's the case, it's not something that you can say, because of me, that this, this will keep Klai Yisrael going. Hashem wouldn't have let Klai Yisrael disappear. If that's the case. It's true a person might feel he's uh, being very altruistic, but it's not Kadai to give a for that.